you're a high value fashion brand where you're selling sort of high price point stuff and you're reaching people who are not really interested in that or don't really have they might think it's cool but they're not really gonna pay that much for it like you that's it doesn't matter how good your ad is it's not gonna work sort of thing so it comes back to also having having strong targeting along with a with a with a strong image that's gonna stand out and catch someone's attention hi there welcome to the e-commerce a to z podcast where we teach you how to start and grow a thriving e-commerce business in this episode we speak with marcus knight one of the co-founders of prospect knight an audience marketing agency in london marcus is a pay-per-click expert with unhealthy obsession for marketing we discussed how e-commerce merchants can maximize paid ads to yield effective results. We also touched on the ins and outs of paid ads for platforms like Google, Facebook, and Instagram. We also talked about proven strategies for ad creation, including budgeting, ad copy, visuals, duration of ads, and other things. My name is Jifa Mensa, and I'm your host for the e-commerce ATZ podcast. Stay tuned. Can you please tell me about yourself, Marcus? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so um, I work at a company called Prospect Night that I um, I started with my two older brothers just under a couple of years ago now. Um, my background has always been in online advertising, PPC, paid social, display, things like that. Um, I kind of went through a range of different agencies of kind of all different sizes after I graduated, starting kind of at really large network agencies. And then kind of as I sort of progressed through my career, the agencies I was working um, for were kind of getting smaller, um, which is what I liked. I liked working with sort of smaller, more agile agencies and kind of feeling the impact of, of my work a bit more. Um, so yeah, I kind of went through all different stages of kind of a, um, from paid search executive all the way up to head of paid media at the end. And it kind of got to the point where um, I was ready to start something for myself. Um, and I did that with my two older brothers who I think he might've actually spoken to Luke last week. Yes. Yes, yeah, so I, um, so I started with a business with Luke and Reese just under two years ago, as I said. Um, and so we specialize in online advertising um, and we also um, specialize in email and CRM as well. So a lot of the things we're going to talk about today, I think when we talk about PPC, we often kind of bring CRM into that story as well. Um, we think it just kind of helps to to bring everything back to the customer. So at what point did you realize that you had a niche for all of these things you just mentioned, PPC, digital advertising and all of that? Um, it was a funny story, actually. I think the, the time we realized that was our niche was when we tried to take on work outside of it. So when we started, obviously starting the company, we were kind of very wide eyed and wanted to do everything. Um, we we took on projects with like SEO and, and things like that, which we all understand because we've worked around it and we've got kind of we we've got the basic understanding of it. It's not our area of expertise. Um, and we quickly realized after that that we need to focus on where we're where we are experts. And that was the online advertising and email and CRM. So obviously by um, by focusing just on that, it's scary because there's not as many opportunities for us. But then the opportunities that we do get, we're really, really confident that we can do a good job because it is, it is it's all our area of expertise. Okay. And how's that been so far since you... It's, 
podcast name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been really good. I mean, in terms of understanding who we are and telling the world who we are, it becomes a hundred times more simple when we can just say, we help you um, maximize your current customers and then find even more new customers through online advertising, direct mail and email. Like just being able to say that sentence makes it a hundred times easier when we're, we're talking to, to potential clients. Um, and then just in terms of the business, like it's been more enjoyable. We are um, obviously um, still a young agency, but we've had a um, we've had a um, a strong start. We were sort of um, we've, we've hired some extra people, and we were kind of getting some new clients on board. So everything's been it's been really exciting um, and and positive. Obviously, um, COVID nineteen has 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 impacted us a lot, as it has lots of people in this industry and all industries um but so it's been it's been a tough few months like it has for everybody but we're um we've we've steadied the ship a little bit now and um just kind of yeah just like everyone's doing just kind of knuckling down and trying trying to power through it at what point should an e-commerce business invest in paid ads at what um at what point okay i think um I guess the first important point to make is I think the, the point when somebody should start to invest in, in paid ads is really when they're comfortable spending the budget. Um, and it's not necessarily to say they have a huge budget, but I think just that mindset of being comfortable with spending your marketing budget to go out and acquire website traffic, uh, probably at a, a fairly big scale. I think that's the starting point because I think it's, results are not always immediate whatever people will sometimes tell you like it's not guaranteed that you're going to spend a hundred pound and make a thousand pound immediately um there is a lot of work that has to be done things have to be set up correctly first of course but then there's a lot of optimization work that then has to go onto it um there's a lot of refining that needs to be done so i think the important thing is that people are comfortable that they're going to be spending money potentially not getting a return at the beginning um obviously with the, with the with the idea that eventually you can make a positive return from this but unfortunately when when people are not really comfortable with it they can make decisions too quick they can panic after a week and say well this isn't working i need to pause it um and that becomes more detrimental to to performance how important is pdad in general why is it in general yeah um well how important is it i think unfortunately in some cases it's very 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 important and the reason i say unfortunately is because a lot of brands these days if they want to get in front of a large audience they have to invest in paid advertising so it's it's very important in that sense um and the reason i say it's unfortunate is because obviously it's not great that you have to pay facebook you have to pay google or bing money to acquire this traffic to your website even more so um, when organic traffic is is declining. And when I say that, I mean, um, through Facebook, for example, if you've got a million followers, you can no longer um, post a, a new image and guarantee that that's gonna get in front of a million people because it very likely isn't. It's gonna get to a very small percentage of your followers. So channels like Facebook and obviously with Instagram, they have now changed the game that to get in front of that many people you have to do ads so it's kind of it's a necessary evil in in some ways and i don't mean evil in terms of kind of 
talking it down because it's an amazing platform that can do amazing work it can reach lots of people and can get you some some really good results if you if you're doing things properly but um it's kind of is a necessary evil because obviously an organic following then it's it's difficult to swallow that you then have to pay to reach them but it's kind of um that is just the nature of the game at the moment so um it is inevitable that you have to use paid advertising if you want to get in front of a lot of people and in terms of doing it effectively it can be hugely beneficial to businesses in, in terms of like if you look at certain um small businesses that have come around in the last five six years they've just grown into these huge beasts through using paid advertising so um it can be hugely effective so it's um i would say it's, it's a very important part of people's strategy um and realistically that's why it does probably make up a large percentage of people's um digital marketing budgets these days you just mentioned that once it's done effectively it yields a lot of results so how can a small e-commerce business maximize paid ads Okay, yeah. So in terms of maximizing paid ads, I think something I touched on just now was was budgets. And I think as a very, very first step, that's an important one to to think about because realistically you need to have a minimum of around uh, £1,500 um, to be able to get enough data after about a month to then optimize from and learn from and get a good idea of the results you're going to get longer term. Obviously, if you've got upwards of that, then that's brilliant. And that's when you can start doing all the fun, interesting strategies and tactics that I'm, I could talk a bit about now as well. But um, really, that's kind of the minimum amount of budget you need, I think, to start maximizing paid ads and start to get a feel for what you're going to get longer term. Um, and then in terms of the type of things that you can be doing longer term, I think audiences are a huge, should be a huge part of anybody's strategy, whether we're talking about Google or Facebook um ppc has changed a lot from when people maybe first learned about it like five six years ago um it's no longer that you bid for a keyword and somebody types that keyword in and then your ad appears now there are so many different layers to it for example audiences is a huge part of that so has someone been to your website before if they have been to your website before have they been to it five times have they added to their basket have they purchased before segmenting your user base into all these different audiences is now a huge part of Google and Facebook advertising because of course you can then you can then tailor how you're speaking to these these people um which again going back to one of my previous points about how um you have to use paid advertising over organic reach often especially on on social media advertising this is a huge benefit of it because you can now tailor your ads to someone who's a loyal customer um, this is a big bugbear of mine and, and ours at PK is um, if you're a loyal customer of a, of a brand and you purchase from them regularly, you should be spoken to in a different way to what a brand new customer is and vice versa. So um, these are all things that you can do through Google and Facebook and really how you can get it working more effectively for you as well um, in terms of kind of driving more engagement with your ads, higher conversion rates, stronger return on investment, all those things, we think a big part of that is audience creation and optimization. Yeah, so just talking about how to maximize paid ads, I mean, the boring stuff mm -hmm. is like optimizing just daily. So you're looking at keyword performance, you're looking at what keywords, are, what keywords people are using to, to enter through your site, um, optimizing ads, changing bids, changing budgets, all of that stuff has to happen 
depending on the size, but it has to happen daily, if not kind of three times, three, four times a week. All of that stuff has to happen if you want to maximize ads. But then the audience stuff is a bit more fun. It's a bit more strategic. And, and similarly, there's more bidding um, elements to it now. So um, with Google especially, they've got, um, they've got something called smart bidding. Um, this is a huge thing that they've, they've been pushing over the last few years. And in my opinion, over the last year has really got stronger and has really started to become a really effective part of, of our account strategy. Um, so smart bidding is essentially handing the reins over to Google's algorithm when it comes to bidding. So again, what I mentioned about how Facebook, how Google has has changed a lot from when maybe people first learned about it. Um, this is another big thing. We used to have to go through each individual keyword and set a bid and then change that bid. Whereas now those keyword bids, if you're using smart bidding, are in the hands of Google and it's their algorithm that's using hundreds of signals to decide what to bid for that exact user. Um, so again, with that, you do lose some control because you're you're not controlling the bid yourself. You're letting the Google algorithm control it. Um, so you do lose some control, but the benefits of that tend to far outweigh the, the the disadvantages of it. So smart bidding is a huge thing for people to consider as well, I think. The e-commerce A to Z podcast is brought to you by Kudobas Reviews. Over 70% of online shoppers refer to reviews before making a purchase. According to them, reviews serve as social proof and aid them in making purchase decisions. Collect reviews from your customers and display them on your website to convert your visitors into buyers. Join over 25,000 online merchants in the Kudobas family and start boosting your sales now. The Kudobas Reviews app is available on Shopify, BigCommerce, Wix, Weebly and WordPress. Check out kudubas.com for more. Well, the smart bidding, um, you're saying that Google has that, right? Where you can do the smart bidding. But um, can you walk us through how to go about it for somebody who has never tried the smart bidding before? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, fortunately, it's very simple. And again, if, if this if this kind of if I'm talking to somebody who hasn't run Google Ads accounts before, um, this stuff is very much in line with how Google pitch their advertising platform to people who have never run an account before, um, because it's all about making things easier for that person, um, which is something to be wary of. I think, again, speaking to somebody who's never run Google Ads before, um, there are lots of recommendations that Google tells that person that is not necessarily in their best interest. So you do have to be careful with that, but smart bidding is not necessarily one of them. Um, smart bidding is something Google would push that I would also recommend pushing. So in terms of actually setting it up, it's very straightforward. It is, is literally, you have your campaign, you choose the bidding method. Usually what you would have would be CPC, enhanced or manual. And what that means is you set the CPC yourself. All you have to do is change that setting to um, to one of the smart bidding strategies, which would be target ROAS, which is targeting a return on your ad spend. So if you're an e-commerce business, you're likely going to choose that one. Or you might choose target CPA, um, which is obviously you set what your target um, cost per acquisition or cost per lead is. And then the algorithm tries to get that 
for you? I think you've just mentioned a couple of metrics, but just for clarity, what kind of metrics should we be paying attention to when doing paid ads? Yeah, sure. So it kind of goes, I see it kind of going through this, um, this line of kind of this journey of, of metrics that you need to look at. So at the beginning, you've got impressions, clicks and click through rate. So obviously you've got how many people are seeing your ads and how many people are actually clicking them. And then the click through rate is that percentage. So from that, you can see firstly how good your ads are, how appealing they are. But then on the other hand is how often are you reaching the right people? Because if your click through rate is low, you're either not reaching the right people and they're not interested in your product or you are reaching the right person, but your ads are just really boring and people don't want to click them. Um, after that, you've then got your cost metrics. So cost and then obviously average cost per click. So with Google, you pay every time someone clicks your ad, your that how much you pay on every single click varies every single time based on lots of different factors. Um, so obviously it's easier just to look at the average overall. So that gives you an idea of how much you're paying to get a person to your website. Obviously after that, you've got your conversions, whether it's a purchase or a lead. Um, and then from that conversion rate, so how, what's the percentage of people who come to your website and they actually do what you want them to do? So they purchase or they complete your lead form. Um, obviously with everything that we've got so far in the metrics that I've talked about, you've also got how much you've paid for that traffic. So you're not only understanding how often people come to your website and purchase, you've also got the cost metrics next to that. So you can see um, I have to spend £100 to get one conversion, right? So that's great if, if one conversion is worth £1,000 for you, but if one conversion is worth £50, that's not so good because you've spent 100 to make 50 So understanding these metrics is really when you can start adjusting things. Um, and, it, and, and in that case, if you're spending £100 and only getting £50 back, Obviously, you need to then you need to look at your cost metrics and try to reduce those where possible. Um, so they're kind of the main um, the main metrics you'll look at. Obviously, with um, ROI included in that, some less obvious ones that people may not know about if they are if they're new to Google Ads. So before there used to be a metric called average position which would tell you on average where your ad appears on the results page. So you've got four at the top, right? So you'll have an average position of three. That means in average, your ad appears in the third position. That metric no longer exists. That was replaced with um, a metric called click share and impression share, which rather than telling you on average where you appear, that tells you what percentage of impressions you received that you could have. Um, and you can also see that um, as a percentage of how many you received at the very top of the page. So it's changed slightly and it's not a metric that everyone would look at immediately, especially if they're new to it. Um, but it's a very important one to, to use if you are new to Google Ads and you're trying to understand your performance. Um, it's a really important metric to consider because it helps you understand where you're appearing on the results page. Um, and then equally, you've got all after that, if you want to go deeper, you've obviously got all the Google Analytics metrics. Again, not necessarily used all the time by PPC people, but um, really, really should be pulled into Google Ads as much as possible because then you've got the stuff like time on site, bounce rate, repeat purchases, um, all of those GA stuff that people will use across all their channels should be under the microscope with PPC as well. So now let's talk about the main ad creation process, right? In creating an ad, before you even think of promoting the ad, 
what are the things that people need to pay attention to e-commerce merchants so in terms of copy in terms of the visuals in terms right. of the links to click yes yes anything sure. else that that is not that does not involve the actual payment so the uh-huh. real work that should be done before the payment yet what do you think that they should pay attention sure so there's there's two sides to it because obviously a lot of this google and facebook are similar but obviously with the creative that the user sees they vary quite a lot so i'll start with um i'll start with google so the interesting thing with google ads and this is a quite a recent change as well is because there's a new ad format called responsive search ads um and then you've got the normal the the kind of the existing ad before that was called an expanded text ad um so they both look exactly the same they're both made up of the same elements you have three headlines two of which show all the time occasionally the third one shows and then you've got um three description lines and your ad extensions which i'll talk about after um so in terms of what's important with those um there's there's kind of a few big there's kind of three big elements to it it's firstly capturing the user's attention when they see the see, see a bunch of ads at the top of the page. And the, the most important factor to, to, to consider there is the keyword that the user is searching and how important that is to include into your ad. So a user is searching for um, parcel delivery and then they're searching on Google for that. And then they have to come up. If the ad says parcel delivery in it, that's going to capture their attention. So that's a very important First sign is to just use the keyword that someone's searching in your ad. Secondly, after that, it's obviously getting them then a little bit more interested in what you're doing. And that's where you want to um, show them what they're going to get when they come to your website. So using the parcel delivery example, showing them that you have the best costs and you have fast checkout and free returns or whatever it is. So getting them excited and basically you sharing your USPs at that point. And then the third element is like a call to action. So you're sending them through to the website by saying, um, click here to get delivered today or, or whatever your call to action is. Um, that's kind of the third element. So it's kind of like capturing their attention, showing them what they're going to get when they click on the ad and then that call to action at the end to send them through to your site. Um, that's kind of the standard right in the ad copy type stuff. The important thing to also consider that I'm, teed up just before this this section was responsive search ads so the difference with responsive search ads is you chuck in lots of different headlines lots of different descriptions and then google um will rotate them all and find test different variations different headlines next to each other different headline and description combinations as many different variations as it can and it will start to learn which combination works best so it's like a machine learning type algorithm um so again like you might be able to tell from the different things that I've, I've been saying on this call so far but like a lot of what google a lot of how google ads is moving over the last 18 months really is towards this kind of machine learning automation type stuff and respect responsive search ads are a big part of that um and often as a result similarly as much as you give up some control the results are often um, better. So you do, we do tend to see higher click-through rate and higher conversion rate through responsive search ads versus the standard expanded text ads, which is where you set the exact order that the ad appears in. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. All cool. right, can we talk about social ads now? Yeah, yeah. So again, okay. in, in terms of creative with, with socials, I think... Um, 
we we the most important thing is to is to stand out and i think like we don't even i don't even think we understand how many ads that we see in a day because we're constantly scrolling by them and they just kind of we just block it out now so i think the most important thing with social ads is compelling images like uh, we call them thumb stopping ads so like an ad that you're not just going to scroll through like an ad that you're actually going to stop and look at um is a huge part of it obviously the text is important but realistically it's the image that stops someone and it's the image that convinces someone to click um so being creative with images is a, is a huge part so um being a little bit different like we were talking about um some fashion ads we work with quite a few different fashion brands and it's talking about it's thinking about how can we do it differently we're not just going to show a guy standing there in an outfit um with facebook it's very very important to consider the images that you're using um it's very easy to um do images that everybody else in your same industry is doing because it's kind of just the normal one but you have to think that people see so many ads every day so getting a good image that's going to catch someone's attention is very very important obviously one that reflects your band brand as well so if you're a high price point it needs to feel it needs to feel like it is a high value product when someone sees it um and vice versa and i think similarly that comes back down to targeting as well we talked about audiences before um if if you if you if you've got a great thumb stopping ad that's brilliant but then you, equally that has to reach the right person um if if you're reaching if you're a higher value fashion brand where you're selling sort of high price point stuff and you're reaching people who are not really interested in that or don't really have they might think it's cool but they're not really going to pay that much for it like you, that it doesn't matter how good your ad is, it, it's not going to work, sort of thing. So it comes back to also having having strong targeting along with a, a with a with a strong image that's going to stand out and catch someone's attention. I want us to move to the social ads specifically, Facebook and, and Instagram ads. You know how um, a lot of the times when you post something organically on Facebook and Instagram, you are told that um, this is doing well. Would you like to boost the ad, right? Yeah. So um, comparing boosting ad right from your page to using Facebook business to actually promote ads, which one is better and why? Good question. I think it depends on how much budget you have available and what, what goals you want to have. The, the, the main difference is when you, when, you, when you boost a post, you have limited options in, in what to do with that. Um, when you start using business manager, you have a lot of options of what you can do with that in terms of um, testing different ads, testing different audiences that you're going to reach, testing different bidding methods. So um, if you're looking to scale a business and like increase your monthly sales and increase, like improve on your year on year results and do all these things that businesses that want to grow want to do, I don't think you can do that through boosted posts because they're just too limited. If you're just trying to grow your reach or you are just trying to get your organic post in front of more people, boosted posts are great. But if you really are looking to scale your business, then um, then using like business manager and like like proper Facebook ads, I think is is the way you have to go. Do you think that people yield a lot of results when they boost ads from their pages? Um, yeah, I've seen people boost posts and get good good results. So it is it's definitely possible to yield good results from boosting posts. 
Um, but there's just kind of too many limiting factors to it to use it as a as a as a long term tool. Um, so, for example, with with business manager, you can you can test one audience against another very simply. You can you can change your bidding algorithm very simply. You can have um, you can have five different ads all uh, all targeting the same people that you can then start to learn which one generates firstly the highest engagement and then secondly the highest conversion rate once they come to your website as well um these are all the kind of things that boosted posts are just a little bit limited for again like what i said before if you're just trying to increase that 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 reach size then boosted boosted posts are good for that but i don't think boosted posts can be considered as a long-term growth strategy one thing to probably consider if you're if you're kind of running your own business Google very much does position itself, as does Facebook, actually. They both position themselves as platforms that are very accessible for somebody who's never worked with them to set up and run themselves, which to some extent they are. And that kind of the, but those solutions are slightly different. So for example, with Facebook, you have boosted posts. With, um, with Google, you have Express accounts they are kind of very watered down, very simple ways to get your ads out on Facebook and on Google, um, which is a, it's a good, it's a fine way to get started. But in my opinion, they benefit Facebook and Google a lot more than they benefit the business owner. So um, one of my big recommendations would be not to kind of fall into that trap and to consider going down the route of having a proper Google ads account that is set up and managed by yourself or by an agency um or by someone you hire internally and the same with facebook i would advise against using the kind of the um the the quick and easy setup accounts because um they're often yeah they're often going to benefit google and facebook more than they would yourself what is your big advice for e-commerce entrepreneurs considering the fact that you've worked with a number of them at your agency what's your biggest advice um I would have to probably combine everything that I've said today um, and just say when you're when you're setting this up, um, focus on audiences at the heart of everything that you do. I think um, lots of people see ads on lots of people can see your ads on Facebook. Lots of people can search for a relevant keyword and see your ad on Google if you want them to. But if you focus on who your ideal customer is and target them on Google and on Facebook, um, and then more people who look like that person on Google and Facebook, um, I think that's how you're going to be able to get a lot of success. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Please subscribe to our podcast. Leave a review. Tell your friends about it and share on social media. As always, take care of yourself and stay safe. My name is Jifa Menza. See you next week.